What's up, everything? It's been a rough week for the Blues, but what else is new? The losses in Dallas and against San Jose were different, but the storylines continue. The Blues can't seem to show enough heart or score enough goals to keep pace with the opposition. Now, with just a few days left before the trade deadline, Blues general manager Doug Armstrong has to decide if it's time to set his lasers from stun to kill, or if the Blues will spend the rest of the year trying to blink their opposition to death. We'll discuss all of this this week in our 30th episode. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! We are here recording from our luxurious studio in the capital of Nigeria, which I will leave you to guess the name of, because I sure don't. (laughs) (laughs) What's the capital of Nigeria, Ian? Mm, It's not Adidas. It's Wakanda. Wakanda. There you go. There you go. Don't fact check us. It's not Adidas, because I said that wrong. Adidas. There is a city called Addis Ababa, but I think that's Ethiopia. We're bad at capitals. That's what you've learned so (laughs) far today. Uh, I'm also bad at pronouncing the word 30th because in our uh, intro before we re-recorded it, it was actually the 30th episode. It is our 30th most episode. you tell us how 30 this episode is compared to other Uh, episodes when you're done listening to it. I don't like hearing the number 30. I'm too close to the number 30 to talk about 30. That's true. When you hit 30, it's a death knell. That's Let's true. be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, people over 30, but I mean, right? That's when you're before yeah. 30, 30 sounds real gross. <laughs> but I'm sure it gets better. Quink, quink, nudge, nudge. That's true, yes. It must, right? It uh, has to. I mean, people live past <laughs> it, so I guess, it, I guess it's all right. According to Wikipedia, the capital... Of Nigeria's Abuja, not to be confused with Lagos. I've never heard of it. It's biggest city. I've heard uh, of Lagos. Yeah, hey, well, there good you go. for us. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. I know you all came here for a, a thrilling lesson in African geography. Addis Ababa, by the way, is the capital of Ethiopia. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about hard the, stop. The league that includes the Washington Capitals. What a crushing and wonderful transition. <laughs> uh, we have some league news to discuss today before we get to the constantly depressing story of the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> uh, we're going to focus some time on the trades that have been made so far, none of which are particularly interesting, but all of which have happened, unlike any trades with the Blues, any major trades with the Blues. So let's go to the trade tracker and see what is what. Maybe I'll open this and it'll be something shocking. <gasps> yeah, and we might get news still, today, but no. No, it's still oh. Frank Petrano. So uh, we'll just go through all of these and give no time to the uh, disinteresting ones, starting with our own trade for Nikita Sashnikov, which we covered on the bonus episode, but we'll cover more in a few minutes. Uh, we have the Senators and Blackhawks trading no names, Vili Poca going to the Blackhawks and Chris Domenico going to the Senators. The Capitals got Michael Kempney, a defenseman from the Blackhawks, for a third-round pick. Decent depth add, but not going to mm. 
move anything impressive. One of the bigger deals that was made in terms of a name um, is Peter Mrazek, the sometimes backup, sometimes starting goalie for the uh, Red Wings, who we talked about on the bonus episode, which we recorded this weekend, for those of you who may not have seen it. Uh, they uh, traded goalie Peter Mrazek to the Flyers for conditional third and fourth round picks. I don't have what the condition is in front of me, but I will look it up. Uh, I assume it's got something to do with performance or final mm-hmm. result or games started, like they usually do. Um, you have anything to say about that other than they had to trade for somebody because both of their goalies died within like, a week <laughs> of each other? Yeah, I know the Flyers needed a goalie, but I don't know what the Red Wings have as far as like another backup and or starter. Mm-hmm. I know Peter Mrazek kind of underperformed up in... Detroit from mm-hmm. what they had hoped but I don't know anything about their pipeline as far as goalie yeah. is concerned and Jimmy Howard's older getting up there mm-hmm. for sure so I'm guessing they have something because otherwise this just isn't the best move they for them may, I would yeah. think uh they're obviously in a bit of a rebuilding mode they there was some talk about Ben Scrivens who is currently the goaltender for the Canadian uh, Olympic team, or was when until the Olympics <laughs> are now almost over, uh, getting a shot in the NHL again. So I don't know if that would be for a team that like traded away a goalie or if it would be a team for somebody that he really was, needed yeah. one. But, he was pretty good when he was here, so yeah. you never know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Bruins received Nick Holden, defenseman, in a trade for new, with New York for defenseman Rob O'Gara, who I think is just a contract body, not necessarily mm-hmm. a prospect, and a third-round pick. Uh, the San Jose Sharks got Eric Fair from Toronto for a seventh-round pick. Oh, I missed that one. Which is nice, I guess, for Eric Fair. And <laughs> I mean, it's decent for Toronto to queer a contract and get a pick for somebody they yeah. were not using. Uh, the Canadians traded Jacob Jarabek to the Washington Capitals, a defenseman for a fifth-round pick. So the Capitals apparently want to have 9, 10, 11, 12 defensemen by the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one of the bigger-ish trades is Tobias Ryder, who is a, um, a German, I believe. He is, a random... Uh, rental forward who's a pretty fast mm-hmm. and a decent scorer, although he played for Arizona this year, so it's hard to tell. Um, and Scott Wedgwood, a backup goalie to uh, the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Darcy Kemper, which is kind of an interesting return. Uh, but they did extend Darcy Kemper, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, meaning I assume that Antti Ranta will be out the door as a UFA in the offseason, although I guess you don't have to necessarily yeah. conclude that. Yeah, as a UFA yeah, this I summer? Yeah, he is. Huh. Uh, huh. But that would be my assumption. And then finally, Frank Vetrano went from the Bruins to the Panthers for a third-round pick, which must be a good deal for the Bruins because if they are trading anyone, that's got to be a total excess, you know, yeah. kind of guy. So it's got to be a nice move for them to pick up a third-round pick and clear up a contract spot as we head into the real final hours and days of the trade deadline. Any of those names particularly stick out to you that you wanted to talk more about or? Not really. I guess Tobias Ryder could be a nice pickup for mm-hmm. L.A. L.A. is looking for a little forward help as um, their scorer there, Jeff Carter, gets back. And like you said, he's been all right, uh, Ryder, down in Arizona, so you can only you can only imagine or hope that he gets even better on a, we'll say, a real team, a better team. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> real team. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you never know. I'm, that's something that I think I'd like to see maybe the Blues do is maybe add a little depth. We'll get into what I think they're going to do. Basically, I think they're not going to do that much mm-hmm. other than a few tiny moves, and that kind of looks like one that maybe we would do or more likely to do, but more on that later. Yeah. That's, a, that's what we in the business call a teaser. for. for yeah, stick around. <laughs> stick around. Don't we touch that sure, dial. you got to make sure the ratings don't drop before the commercials. So, <laughs> uh, corresponding to some of these moves, clarifying other potential moves, uh, there were some interesting extensions this week in the league. We already men- mentioned that when Darcy the Milkman Kemper mm-hmm. was sent from, I guess he's not the milkman anywhere else because they don't have Kemp milk. Else, but, <laughs> no one else understands um, that reference. But uh, he was traded to the Coyotes and immediately signed a two-year, $3.7 million extension, which puts him at an AAV of, what, 1.5, 1.8 or so, 1.8? You're the math person, 1.8. I'll nod my head, right yeah, 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 of course. Um, uh he is actually having a really great season. He's 10-1-3 and three with a .932 save percentage and a 2.1 goal against average, which are pretty impressive numbers for a backup. Of course, it's a pretty decent team. But, yeah. Um, that's a great contract for a guy if he can put up anywhere near those kinds of numbers, which he won't probably for the Coyotes. <laughs> Nature of the beast. Coyotes have a lot bigger concerns than who their goalie will be for the next two seasons. So <laughs> I think it's a fine move. Uh, the more quizzical move, perhaps, of the free agent or the trade deadline period was the extension by the Canucks of Eric Goodbranson, uh, who signed a three-year, $12 million extension, which is about a $4 million per year player. Or, well, it's exactly a $40 million. <laughs> Pretty I'm close. I'm not that bad at math. Um, AAV or cap hit. Uh, the Canucks just seem to be a team that don't know which way is up, what they want, yeah. who they are right now. They seem to be kind of like letting the Sedin era sunshine, even though it's been the dark of midnight on that era for three <laughs> or four years now. Um Gabranson is kind of a Roman Polak comparable. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Physical, not you know, his like four points this year. He's not at all that kind of a offensive. Yeah, player. he's like uh, we don't really have one. Kind of a Barrett Jackman, although Jackman mm-hmm. wasn't ever that big a hit layer. Brad Kogudas, that kind of player, maybe a, a little bit more complete defensively than some of those comparables, but definitely a physical guy. Um, Strange contract to me, just because especially they seem to be a team that uh, is in transition, a.k.a. put less politely in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they sell this guy as a UFA? Even if they wanted him back, maybe you talk to him and say, look, if you want to come back here in the offseason, great. Uh, but we got to value for you. <laughs> you know, what do you think about this signing? You said it was three years, four million a year. Uh-huh. Average out. I mean, that's not. Yeah. That's like, not terrible. For, especially for a team that's rebuilding. It's not like they're mm. going to be right up against the cap. But and, I, and I think he's, let me see. I think 26 he's, years yeah, old. 26. Shoots right. Um, yeah, it's all right. I was looking at his stats here. He was in Florida for five years and then Vancouver these last two. Mm-hmm. And he's never been, well, he's been a plus player once. Now, granted, some of those minus years for plus minus, he's just barely been, like minus three, minus four. But his point totals, too, the highest he's ever had is 13 mm-hmm. in a year, 
with uh, 76 games played. It's I don't know. It's you got to still play pay your uh, defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, one of the biggest compliments I found on Twitter was a Vancouver Canucks fan saying that they like this contract because it was easily tradable. And I was like, that's true. That's not. This is something you can trade away if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I don't watch Vancouver enough, but I know their fans were wanting this guy gone, or if he was going to be resigned to less than I guess there were rumors that he was supposedly asking for six million, and that mm-hmm. would be way too much. So maybe this fell to four, and it just looks that much better because mm-hmm. of what was rumored to be asked out there. Uh, it's okay. I if it was a Blues defenseman now, I would not like that. But if it's a rebuilding Canucks, which it is, it's not so bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just trying to do some tracking down as we talk. Uh, the Panthers received, the Panthers traded Erica Branson to the Canucks, uh, and I saw Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts article mentioned that. Uh, that Canucks fans had always kind of hated, some Canucks fans had always hated him because of that deal. Ooh, is this like an Eric Brewer, Chris Pronger yeah, type of deal? I don't know. I've, I've looked it up, and I'm looking up the, so they traded uh, Jared McCann, who's a similar kind of not particularly impressive. He was a prospect, yeah, though. And a second and a fourth round pick, neither of which have become anything yet. Mm-hmm. So I just don't, see why the outrage would be there unless it's similarly where at the time it was like this isn't what our organization needs which may be true um i think it's a fine contract i wouldn't have done it if i was them but i don't want to linger on it any longer than we already have so like you said like you texted me he could be good branson or he could be bad Bad branson Branson. (laughs) thank you yes exactly uh, and then finally, a question, a player about whose uh, talent there are a few less questions. <laughs> Mikhail Backlund of the Calgary Flames signed a six-year, $32 million extension, which puts him at, what, just over six a year, just over five a year, mm-hmm. AAV. Um, currently has 10 goals and 25 assists in 61 games. He's about a 50-point player, probably. He's probably had better seasons than that at some point. Um Last year had a really good season. I remember that when we went over these teams in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. And he had been, uh, no, he hadn't been. I get him confused with Mikhail back or Granlund all the time, <laughs> uh, because yeah. I just looked that up, but he, he's been a, a, a good, like hopefully up and coming player for them for a long time. Yeah. He's now definitely he's 28. So he's, he's more in this really prime. Yeah. But, uh, last year he had, um, was it a career high? 53 points, which was a career high. And the year before that, he had 47. So um, I think it's a fine sign. Yeah. It's what you expect for that kind of a player um, moving on, I guess, yeah. unless you have anything. <laughs> no, I'd say that's pretty good if it's just over $5 million a year. Yeah. That's really good for someone that you're probably playing on your third line, maybe second line. I mean, uh, that's really good money for second line center for sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, we talked about it on the bonus episode, uh, but we have been trying to make a concerted effort not to like ignore things over here that we discuss on bonus episodes. Not that we've had a whole history of them to do that on. <laughs> Just but, the one. Um, we wanted to go back into the uh, Nikita Sashnikov trade for the Blues last Thursday, right before we were leaving to record the 
uh, random ass podcast, which was a lot of fun. Again, yes, please listen. Uh, it was very good. We'll discuss it further. We'll discuss at least a question from those guys for later on. So we'll mention it again. But um, we have trade. We traded a fourth round pick, a future, a 2019 fourth round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Nikita Soshnikov. Soshnikov is a as KHL player. He was signed as a Russian free agent for the Maple Leafs. Um, they didn't really have the roster spot for him, needed to clear contract. He has a special deal that says if he's sent to the AHL, he can go back to the KHL. Um, he can be rele- he can demand release from his contract, basically. So, uh, with all of that said, what do you think about the Sashnikov trade quickly? And for those of us, those who want a, a fuller discussion, they can visit our bonus episode. <laughs> so, yeah, brief, briefly, I like it a lot. Uh, I don't even I, know if you were that warm when we last discussed no, it. No, so. I, I like it just because I think he is more of a solid bottom six in the sense that I know, and we'll talk about this a little bit maybe just after this, um, I know Sanford got back and then mm-hmm. Yo said, oh, well, Sanford's got to play his way in the lineup. To, he's got to earn his spot. Oh, we're going to yeah. discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I, Sashnikov needs to, too. Every player needs to. But I think we're a lot more willing to try him and keep him mm-hmm. in the bottom six rather than have him become part of that sort of, uh, I don't know, line of people we kind of trot in and out of our bottom six all the yeah. time. The Sunquists, the former PayRVs, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Barbashev for a time, but now he seems to have a permanent role. So I think we're... I think we're going to use him in a way where he has a permanent role on this team because I'm pretty sure Toronto wanted to use him would love to have used them in that you know role for them, but they were just so stacked up front forward wise that they couldn't use them up there yeah. um, in the NHL on their on their team. So I think he's going to get a really nice look here. Everything we've heard has been that he plays with a lot of heart, no quit, yeah. brain first in the hits, which is nice to hear. A little scary, but nice to hear. <laughs> um, I think he'll be. A, I think he's going to be a fan favorite. If you're if you're a hard worker in St. Louis, they're going to love you. Yeah. So I think people are going to love, as the fans call him, what is it, Nick Flair? Nick Flair. Yes. Because you should go check the celebration on his first goal that he ever scored. It was a very Ric Flair inspired celebration. Well, maybe not, but it certainly <laughs> emulated Ric Flair, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I agree with everything you said. I don't want to linger on it too much too long but mm-hmm. i just think he which i think i've said linger like 12 times tonight it's a tribute to the cranberries that's what our episode is pour one out uh, <laughs> but in any case i think he uh is a hearty player uh and we need more of that desperately mm-hmm, for <laughs> on sure. this team as we'll talk about in in great detail later on so he's a little bit of a pest too which is yeah, nice to hear we could use that i think I think he will, in a lot of ways, emulate the Sabotka of yesteryear, if you will. Not, mm-hmm. And I'm not a, necessarily a Sabotka hater today. We'll probably talk about him more later, too. But just, I don't think Sabotka has quite that same, like, sort of David Perron tendency of just, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in someone's face all the time, as he used to, you know? So, um, you give up almost nothing. Uh, yeah, that's a great trade. But... Um, yeah, in any case, I think um, it works out well for us. And if it doesn't, no harm, nothing <laughs> lost, really, you know. So um, you can recoup a fourth round pick very easily as well. So mm-hmm. that's the other upside. 
Uh, Elliot Friedman, before we move on, mentioned in his 31 thoughts, uh, Nikita Soshnikov was a good gamble for St. Louis. There's no worry about his desire to compete or personality, only about his concussion history as he plays bigger than his size and the possibility he'd go back to Russia next year. Those were two separate thoughts. Uh, <laughs> for the record, I think he prefers to take a run at staying in the NHL. Those issues meant Toronto got some offers of conditional draft picks, which they wouldn't bite on. In addition to Detroit, I think Calgary and Colorado also poked around. So we weren't the only team in on him, and we won the race with a fourth-round pick. It's not that not a bad deal <laughs> at all. Um, as you mentioned, Zach Sanford was activated from the injured reserve, I think, that same day or the next day, and then immediately sent down to San Antonio. Um, he said in a quote, I haven't played a game for a while uh, because he last suited up on May 2nd in the second round of the playoffs against Nashville. I'll use that at... I'll use that as time to get back to game speed and hopefully be back in St. Louis soon. I went through it last year going up and down, and I felt that every time I went down, when I came back, I felt I had a little more confidence. Hopefully I'll come back with some confidence and be able to help the team out. Um, And then as you mentioned, Mike Yo said, we sent him down without telling him that there was anything guaranteed for him. He knows that he's got to play hockey games, and that hasn't changed. He's missed a lot of time here, so he's got to play hockey games. We sent him down, go play some hockey, and earn... (laughs) A call-up. How often do you think he's going to say hockey? Mike Yo. <laughs> hockey, hockey, hockey. Did you know we play hockey? Uh, and ex- and just keep saying it. Sorry, I got distracted <laughs> by something because I'm, I'm very ADD, apparently. Uh, I think this is strange to me only because, for one thing, who's... I, I love this idea of he's got to earn a call-up. Like, everybody on the current teams really deserve yeah. to stay... <laughs> You know, like every single player we have is really fighting for their spot and can't be Mm -hmm. missed. Uh, I get that he needs a conditioning stint regardless, so that's no big deal. But um, I'd like to see Sanford up now. Yeah, He went from a player, when we traded for him, I was very underwhelmed by the return. I'll admit it, we didn't have a podcast then, but at the time, especially because when we uh, first traded him, there was like, oh, you're going to get... Burakovsky, yeah. like Jacob Vrana, <laughs> and then it was like Zach Sanford, you know? But uh, in any case, I was underwhelmed, but now I've seen him. He's got some really nice hands, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he could maybe develop into. Um, so get him on this team, because what have you got to lose? <laughs> uh, and speaking of losses, the Blues lost Robert Bortuzzo this week to injured reserve as Hick Hockey. I didn't learn from Mike Yo. I can't pronounce the sport. Hockey is prone to do very little data on what his injury might be. Could be a knee explosion. Could be a shoulder bruise. I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine. I'm sure somebody said upper body or lower body, mm-hmm. but I don't remember at the moment. If you hurt your um, hip, is that a lower body? I guess. It's like it's technically below. I, I guess. Um, but if you hurt your bottom rib, it's an upper body. body so... Uh, He's on IR. No word exactly on how long. I don't think it's going to be real long. Carl Gunnarsson also, I think it was Gunnarsson who got injured in practice today a little bit. Oh, yep, yep. Um, So we don't know yet if he's going to miss time, but if he does, it's going to be a real interesting (laughs) situation for the Blues who are going to be short on defensemen. Yeah, Uh, we already got Butler up. Yeah, Butler's Schmaltz is currently hurt. Wallman just got back from injury. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what Who's plugs next? we got. Lindbaum's out for the year. 
Really? Oh, yeah. We talked about him yeah. earlier, so yeah, who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out together. Um, <laughs> and then Sammy Blay was called up and almost immediately concussed in his return Jesus. to the NHL. Uh, I like that kid. I hope he. I hope it's a brief injury. Wasn't he injured quick. earlier this year too? He might have been. Yeah. I know two injuries in the season do not make a Roman Pol or not a Roman Polak, a Carlo Coliacovo. Mm-hmm. Was feeling Carlo Coliacovo. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? Could be. Drink your uh, milk. I hope not. Uh, he's a he's he's grown in. He's just growing into his body. He's just. Yeah, gr- his he's just a young guy. Um. And speaking of growing into your body, I'm just, and it doesn't work. Talk about, or I'm talking about the Dallas game, so I guess I'll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're moving on to games. Uh, and then after we discuss some of the games, we'll talk about some bigger picture stuff and some questions from Twitter, which we always love. Uh, the Blues played Dallas Stars in Dallas, I believe, correct? I We, mm-hmm. we asked I'm this, in. and then I didn't double check it. Um, if I'm wrong, you can... Tweet me and go to hell. <laughs> um, but we played them well enough, uh, but not well enough to win. <laughs> so not well enough, yeah, which so is beginning to be my stance. I'm tired of hearing that it was a really good effort. And it's like, well, you left with zero points. So well, not good enough. <laughs> uh, the first period was uh, very bizarre. The Blues absolutely dominated. Uh, they had a... 77% Corsi 4 percentage, almost 78, which is a stat that measures attempts to measure your overall possession of the game flow mm-hmm. uh, without going into great detail. It measures some of your metrics like shots and block shots and uh, possession time and puts them together. Um, even those weren't all right. I don't think possession <laughs> time's a part of it. I think it's shots, missed shots, block shots, and maybe one other thing. Yeah. But the point is they anything above 50 is generally good for your team. Mm-hmm. And 77, was bonkers. 78 is like if it was 100, you'd have had all of the offensive flow of they that never, period. Yeah. So um, we could not score, though, despite that, despite having a 77% Corsi percentage. Um, and in the second period with, uh, 2.42 into the period, Matthias Yanmark scored a power play goal from John Klingberg and Martin Hansel. Uh, Klingberg, by the way, has 46 assists, so yikes. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, this was just a slow developing power play play, uh, pretty typical of decent to good power plays. Uh, the puck was... <laughs> moved around a little bit, and then Klingberg ultimately shot with Martin Hansel screening Jake Allen, and Yanmark redirected it in. It was pretty simple. Not much more to say, I guess. It wasn't like, I mean, people look lazy on defense because they always do, but it wasn't like, oh, this person or that person can be like highlighted as, oh, they didn't try very hard, you know. And it was not a bad goal for Allen. It was just a goal. Um Speaking of just goals, Stephen Johns <laughs> scored a goal in uh, the third period with about halfway through, assisted by Jamie Benn and Mark Mathot, who has one assist this year. That one. Uh, and I know he was... Was this, was this like his first game back? Eric Goodbranson, but yeah, I'm sure they don't enjoy the contract. Uh, yeah, he has... He, has he was hurt for like the year, whole right? year till then, I think. Uh, but in any case, he made a nice play keeping it in at the point and Ben sort of backhanded it towards the board sort of blindly as he was like falling out of 
the offensive zone. It was a nice keep in by both guys. And then John just John's just skated up and slapped it home. Um, Allen was probably being screened by Radulov. It looked like Radulov was in front of him. And by the way, does it just feel like Radulov is not a part of that team at all? Do you ever think Dallas Stars and think Radulov? Is it Alexander Radulov? Because mm-hmm. I felt weird saying that. But like, <laughs> I only do because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. But that's the that's only fair. reason I do. Mm-hmm. But in any case... Uh, Isn't that like a six-year deal? Yeah, it was a long one. He's there for a while. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I noticed afterwards that, and just sort of a general thing we'll talk about more later, but it sure didn't look like the players cared all that much. Petrangelo had a look of like, ah, crap. Now, if we were going to win, which we're not, it's going to be two goals, not one. But it wasn't like a, oh, they're ahead sort of mm-hmm. look, you know which you'd want it to be. Uh, And that kind of reflected in the rest of our play for the rest of the period. I noted, I think, on Twitter and in our notes that uh, there was a a high stick on, I think, Steen or Stastny, one of the S guys. That's like four. There's, yeah, six of them. Um, Who uh, bled, and so we got a double minor with about four minutes left and a two-goal deficit. And so it felt like God himself had specifically designed a scenario to show our futility in the closing (laughs) minutes of this game. Uh, And we were inadequate to the task set before (laughs) us. Braden Shin did score a power play goal, his 24th goal of the season with assists from Schwartz and Tarasenko. It was actually a really nice power play goal. Uh, There was pretty good movement, including a beautiful tic-tac-toe play between the three for the final goal. Shin knocked it in. And you could see him kind of talking to the guys after the game, after the goal, you know, in the scrum that wasn't like a real celebratory thing. Yeah. But it didn't also didn't look like a fire out the troops kind of <laughs> speech, you know. It was more of it a It just like, happened. It, it, was, it looked more of like a, oh, we've got a minute ten left. We could score a second one. But this was a nice, nice take home for for the reporters, Ugh. you know, sort of a thing. And that's what it became. They didn't uh, particularly look great in the ensuing six-on-five situation and um, ultimately couldn't score. They put a lot of pressure on in the third. Uh, the Corsi four was higher in the third than it was in the second, not as high in the, as it was in the first. Um the Blues dropped for the first time as a result of this loss into a wild card spot for the first time in the season, of, of which they will very quickly drop out uh, if we're not careful. And they'll yeah. be entirely out of the playoffs for the first time this season. Uh, Mike Yo says the effort was certainly there. I think puck possession wise, we weren't doing a lot of good. We were doing a lot of good things. We generated some looks. We hit some posts and we didn't finish. But we're not at the point where we should take too many positives from that. Uh I don't know what that meant. Those are the things that we should do and we're capable of doing, and now we've got to find a way to win these hockey games. Um, And then Braden Shen said, and this one really kind of irked me, I love Braden Shen, I just don't like the quote. We've said it before, you have to score goals to win hockey games. Yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) Thanks, John Madden. Uh, Our goalies have been lights out for us all year. No, they haven't. And Jake... (laughs) Has a great game for us tonight, and we're un- unable to get any run support for him. Well, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that part's true. Uh, I don't have an answer for you. We have chances, and we're unable to finish them. 
which I get like I get for Braden. That's an okay response. If Alex Steen is saying that, I'm just like, shove it, Alex. Like, (laughs) literally, I've heard it. I've literally heard this quote 10,000 times Mm -hmm. before, and you've only played, like, 700 in it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, And then Jake Allen said, they get two fluky goals, and we hit I don't know how many posts, crossbars, skates. Uh, Those aren't the same things. Hitting a skate is very different from hitting a post (laughs) or a crossbar in my mind. Uh, I know our forwards are frustrated because they played really well. I thought they did. Threw a lot of things in the net, at the net. We just don't get rewarded tonight. It's disappointing because points are so valuable right now. They threw two wacky pucks at the net, hit our players, and go in the net. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. I think both goals deflected at some point off a Blues player on the way into the net. Um, Gunnarsson and maybe Bo Meester. So it might have been mm. the two scapegoats to begin with. <laughs> but uh, that's the way the j- game goes. It's unfortunate. I thought we played a better game than they did. Just couldn't get a bounce. And Ken Hitchcock, in the most Ken Hitchcock quote in all of human history, said, this is as well as anyone, anybody has played against us for a long time, and we hung in there. Which is that kind of nice, but also definitely underhanded, like, jabbing the ribs at the blues of like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are pretty good, but you couldn't yeah. hold on and beat me. You know, classic hitch game. <laughs> we all- turtled and we won because you suck. He also did that all the time when he was our coach, though, mm-hmm. too. We'd win a game and he'd just be like, oh, that uh, the other team was so good. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, could you say one positive thing about us? And he'd be like, we held on. And I'd be like, you're, co- <laughs> you're the coach of this team. Like, you're not Man, like a Cooper third Canucks party. looked as good as any team we've played. I'll tell you that, Eric Goodbranson. Mm. Yeah, we had exactly. him on this team three years, four, three years, twelve million. It's a bargain. Oh yeah, Eric Branson's like a huge Hitchcock type player. He's a five-year, twenty-five million dollar player on Ken Hitchcock, <laughs> not a dollar under. Um, just to finish off with some stats, as I mentioned, the Corsi four in the first period was seventy-eight percent. In the game overall, it was a whopping 65.6%, which is very impressive for a Mm -hmm. team that only scored one goal and lost two to one. Uh, (laughs) The shots were 29 to 16 for the Blues, which shows a similar sort of... 16 for the Stars? Yikes. Um, Face-offs, the Blues, or the Stars did win more of those, 54 to 46. The Blues were one for five on the power play. The Stars were one for four, and the Blues out-hit the Stars, but the Stars seriously significantly outblocked us so uh all of those quotes i mentioned just before i hand it to you to discuss the san jose game are quotes we hear all the time Mm -hmm. and they're even more frustrating in the midst of what as we will soon reveal becomes a four game losing streak headed into the trade deadline so why don't you go ahead and talk about san jose and talk about how some of the numbers and names change but the story remains the same i could pretty much yeah exactly i could just switch out the score a little bit and a few names (laughs) and we got the same deal yeah i think there's a little bit i didn't get to watch any of that stars game but i think maybe there's a little bit of trend between these two games he was watching black panther being real progressive it was a very progressive movie it was very good I'll go see it. There's no spoilers for uh, Avengers. I guess that's a spoiler in itself. There's nothing in there that really <laughs> does anything for the next movie, which was kind of nice. It was kind of refreshing. I like the good standalone. Yeah, you could really Rogue watch this. Yeah, sort of thing, you know, where it's you like really... you just don't have to watch any of the other stuff to get this. You know? Yeah, you could watch this without seeing maybe any of the other other Marvel movies. I think they cut in even even show 
Black Panther's dad dying. Spoilers and civil and civil and civil war. You should have seen That's it. Like twelve movies ago. That's fine. That's Un- not a spoiler at this point. Do what you want with that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Blues played the Sharks on Tuesday. I was at the game. It was very disappointing. Actually, you know, it was a pretty fun game. And then as I thought about it after the game had ended, I realized how disappointed I actually was. First of all, it was raining that day. I was drenched when we got there. And the woman in front of us was getting, like, a few drips of water on her. Mm-hmm. And at first, we were kind of, in Section 309, we're, like, right under the top level of boxes. So our attendant was like, oh, someone just spilled something up there. You're just getting drips down there. But it became, like, raindrops. Oh, nice. And then on us in That's the third wonderful. period. And I only got one more game there this season, so hopefully it doesn't rain. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so not the hopefully best game experience. That with the uh, improvements over the next two. So. Yeah, I'm sure they got that fixed up. <laughs> so first period against the Sharks, uh, Blues looked pretty good. Actually, I thought they had a lot of really good early game pressure. Uh, Yaskin, Brodziak, Berglund line, mm-hmm. which I would not think was going to do much of anything, had a really good cycle going. I mean. That's that's a little different than offense, I always think. Cycles wearing them down, which is nice, in their own zone. But we yeah. didn't really generate any shots on it. Sharks had some chances. Blues looked pretty good, keeping them outside. So they weren't really high danger. There was a call on Upshaw in the first period for a, I believe it was a hook. I mean, he had a stick parallel to the Sharks player. He may have touched him, but oh, it wasn't yeah. in the hands or the, the arms. It was really bad. I couldn't believe it. I... Uh, we'll leave it at that it was awful it was just awful period ended it was nothing to nothing blues or sharks outshot the blues 12 to 8 but the blues i think had the better of the play in general and this was also the game where sammy blay got concussed i watched the playback it's about a minute before the end of the first period it doesn't look too bad i mean i don't think it was any sort of intentional thing it looked more shoulder to shoulder than anything but the guy was kind of going a little high and by going a little high i mean he was taller than sammy play so it's just gonna happen <laughs> I, it didn't look that awful you know who, who it was that hit him i don't know i did not see we're gonna pick a person at random off the san jose sharks it was mark edward Bless. <laughs> that's your public enemy number one folks well see at first i thought well obviously we know who it is it's joe thornton but it wasn't Joe Thornton because I didn't see that guy all game. Is he like night? He's is, injured. He's, he's injured. injured. Okay. He's injured. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like hallucinating. I only saw one nasty he's beard. Still Nineteen with an old beard. Yeah, right? exactly. I, I sometimes I don't remember players' numbers, uh, and I was like, "Isn't he nineteen? I know he's nineteen. I only see one nasty beard yeah, out he there." Got injured last week, I think. So. Okay, gotcha. So not him. But, but, may, but maybe. In spirit. Yeah. He probably called in the hit from the press box. <laughs> take out Let's Sammy Blay. French Canadian blue. Can we take oh, you're out right. of Sammy Blay? You're right. Sammy Blay. Kill him. <laughs> you're right. This guy hates French Canadians. Just <laughs> hates them. Who was the second one? Who was the one after Ferran that he, on our team? Oh, he, did he really? He got the spearing or whatever. Another game misconduct. He had two game misconducts in his whole career. They were both against the boys. Was this it? was like last year or something. Oh, last year. Paul Stasny? Might have been. Yeah, that sounds right. So not French Canadian, but this guy does hate French Canadian. <laughs> he, he thought he was French Canadian and he just screwed up. Paul Stasny. Stasny? <laughs> uh, second period, this is when the whole game opened up uh, for both teams, really. Schwartz uh, was also on a kind of different note, had probably one of the worst games I've seen him have. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily offensively, although he didn't score. 
but he had one of the softest passes of his life out of the blue zone that got grabbed by Yannick Hansen. And then Schwartz had to essentially take what I'm going to call a good penalty and basically just grab Hansen and pull him down and keep him off to the side so he didn't have like a real quick one-on-no breakaway. Yeah. So it was a good penalty, but he shouldn't have had to take it in the first place because it was the most like lackadaisical pass I've ever seen. You could even see it in his body language that this pass was going to be bad. It was not of, with any urgency. So not not the greatest game from him. We'll kind of get back to Schwartz later. Uh, there was a Sharks goal. Logan Couture, his uh, 24th of the season at 635 of the second period, assisted by Bodker and Braun. And we'll just essentially say this is really crappy coverage. Go on. No, sorry. I was going to say... Uh, I have a picture that I actually pulled up in my notes here, and it's really just, uh, let's see, Sunquist and Steen trying to block the shot. So that's two guys trying to block one shot mm-hmm. on one man. And then there's Logan Couture right to Hutton's left in the quiet zone, which shouldn't be quiet. He's right next to Hutton. <laughs> and uh, Schwartz is kind of floating a good, like, six feet above him, and so no one's covering him. It's a, com- it's a complete lapse in coverage. It's It was a good goal from them. I don't really think Hutton could do much on it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, I guess he could control the rebound a little bit more and try to cover it up. Blues got a goal pretty quick after that. Barbashev is fourth of the season, assisted by Brodziak and Yaskin. This was actually a really good uh, passing play. Yaskin was able to get it up the boards, pass two Sharks to Brodziak, and Brodziak with a really nice pass across the blue line to Barbashev, who kind of collected it in his skates and was able to fire one past Martin Jones' glove side from the top of the circle. I think he's at least two games I've been to, including this one live, um, that he's scored that kind of goal from the top of the right circle. Mm-hmm. Seems to be his spot, at least from what I've seen. Keep firing it. You'll do great, kid. <laughs> at le- go far, or man. at least I hope. I've got a signed puck. It needs to be worth something <laughs> in the future. Please, for the love of God, become a Hall of Famer. I need that money. <laughs> <laughs> I just need it. JR got a little saucy on Twitter with somebody because he generally plays praised Barbie's performance and yeah. said he was looking better after he'd had some concerns about his long-term potential. And somebody was like, yeah, but that play wasn't all that impressive. And JR was just like, I didn't say that play. <laughs> and I was like, you go, JR. Not having it with the Twitter haters. You're getting days. saucy. Can I take us on a complete tangent for a moment? Sure. Because I tried to look up Joe Thornton's injury or disciplinary history, and this is what I found instead. When he had David Perron, this is a quote from his agent to Pierre Lebrun. The league once again failed to follow any precedent they have set when making disciplinary decisions. They stated this was most similar to the Felino hit, which only resulted in a $2,500 fine. When Joe asked the league directly what he could have done differently, they could not clearly explain. I guess being 5'9 was Joe's only solution to avoiding the suspension. We are extremely disappointed with the league's decision and feel that continuing uncertainty with league actions will only hurt the fans of the NHL. You could have also not elbowed a guy (laughs) in the back of the head, Joe. And I can't believe this guy had the gall to complain about a two-game suspension <laughs> when he put David Perron on the shelf for a year and a half. Now back to the regularly <laughs> scheduled program. No, wasn't David per- wasn't Joe Thornton stepping out of the penalty yes. box? Yeah, and he just threw his elbow <laughs> into his head and then just walked back in. Yeah, yeah. I, you could have just not done that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like I had to have been five foot nine, yeah. or move to the left or the right. Like I could never have got stick my check them. Yeah, on. keep your arms down. I don't know. <laughs> what a weirdo. We hate Joe Thornton here. We do. We sure do. I, I, I hate hate. St- just strongly dislike Joe <laughs> Thornton. 
to our core. With a with a hateful intensity. Yeah, with a real <laughs> hateful like anger. Uh, Sharks got a goal to go back up two one in the second period, scored by Jonas Donskoy. Jonas Donskoy, a name that I was trying to remember about a week ago Jonas. this time, but I couldn't remember. Uh, Assisted by Kotir and Vlasic. Pickles. From now on, it's just Pickles. You know who I'm talking about. Pickles. Mark Edward Vlasic. It was a tic-tac-toe. Your, your uh, standards were a center lane drive. Vlasic entered the zone, passed to Couture to his Other right. hockey phrases. Yeah. Uh, Couture passed over to Donskoy on his left, and Donskoy rips one past Hutton. This was one. That uh, Berglund was late on the back check. Now, this was a turnover, too, so I kind of get where why he was late, but it was a real lazy play Some at our own blue line. playing for the money? Sorry. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm iffy on Patrick s- Berglund for that. I don't want to skip the headline, but let's yeah. go on. Um, yeah, it was really the story of this uh, goal by Don Squay was that it was a turnover at the Blues or at the Sharks' blue line, and we had too many forwards kind of going in, already hunting for the puck when it was already headed the other way. Mm-hmm. Which is actually really just the next goal with different people. The next Sharks goal where they went up 3-1 in the second period from Mikel Bodker, his 12th of the season, assisted by Tierney and Hansen. Uh, puck got turned over by Schwartz, which was not overly great. Uh, then it was a quick, it was the Sharks that were quick to capitalize on a 3-on-2. Shen was late on the back check. And uh, just blown coverage overall. Both these goals, unfortunately, I think unfortunately, had Dunn and Butler on the ice, which is rough. Dunn's younger, rookie year, obviously. And then Chris Butler. Butler's barely good enough. Yeah, is, is blessed to be here. C-Butts, as we kept calling him. I, I, love, C- I, I yeah. love him just because I love that he like loves St. Louis so much that he's willing to be like our AHL mm-hmm defenseman pretty much forever now just to be like he's been here forever two it feels or three like. times a year call up you know but there's a reason he's a two or three times a yeah. year call up at the end of this period though things looked a little brighter uh tarasenko got a power play goal his 24th goal of the season assisted by dunn this goal was really all of dunn really it, he had it at yeah, the blue line play by him. yeah i think he was essentially kind of faking like he's in a cross or head south along the blue line and then Couture was going to try and strip the puck from him, maybe head the other way real quick and he just pivoted in and went the other direction leaving Couture behind him uh, fired a puck on net because he found himself in the high slot, another hockey term, very good uh, <laughs> bounced off of Jones just to uh, Tarasenko Jones had no idea where the puck was and Tarasenko buried an empty net and you might think with a deficit that was 3-1, now 3-2, that the Blues might come back. You might think that. I did not, but one might. One might also, think that. Also, you said the word pivot, and I just watched that episode of Friends where Ross <laughs> pivot over and over pivot. again, so that made me happy. Well, when we get a soundboard... Oh, we're going to have to put that uh, on yeah, there for sure. There's going to be about 100 essential sounds <laughs> that we need. Oh, just essential. Pivot! <laughs> You mentioned uh, and had tweeted out, retweeted something that uh, Jim Thomas... Jim Thomas? All right. That sounded like a made-up name because it was so simple to say. Um, of, of the Post-Dispatch. Like uh, uh, Doug Bo- Dan Bowmeister. Yeah, I'm like, mm, that can't be right. He uh, tweeted out and Steve retweeted that uh, the Blues have come back from a two-goal deficit to win only once all season, which alone just sad. <laughs> a 4-3 OT win on November 18th in Vancouver, and this was after trailing 3-1 in the second period. So really, the stat was pretty damning of the Blues, and it held true. The stat was not untouched mm-hmm. because the Blues ended up losing 3-2 to at the end of the third period. 
There was a bouncing puck at one point that was right on the goal line that got swept away behind Martin Jones. Uh, close is only matters in uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. You got there. You if, got if, there. Yeah, if, <laughs> if and buts were candy and nuts, Close enough we'd all have a Merry words. Christmas. <laughs> Other phrases that rhyme. I, I like both of those. You talked about teaching a rock algebra this week. Yeah. I learned a lot. From yeah, you. you can lead a horse to water, and sometimes <laughs> you just drowned it. Because, <laughs> I mean, horses don't know how to drink. Exactly. Um, you know, I think that's how it goes. It was, it was a game that was just like the Dallas game. They looked pretty good, which really at this point isn't good. Yeah, isn't good enough, really. They looked pretty good. They couldn't put it together. Blues outshot the Sharks 33 to 23. Faceoffs pretty even, 49% to 51. Blues had a power play goal, so they were one for three on the power play. Sharks were over two. Blues had 26 hits to the Sharks 13, which is kind of impressive because we also had more shots, which is not normally how that goes. But the Blues had six giveaways to the Sharks, too, which was kind of the story of this game. It was bad giveaways turned into three-on-twos, lazy back-checking, defensemen not getting sticks on pucks, and those just ending up right in the back of the net. I wanted to mention, and you may have it in your notes, so I'm sorry if you do, but we had a Corsi 4 in this game Mm -hmm. of 58% overall, which is still pretty good. Yeah, that's still... For all you Good folks, enough to folks win. You want the stats out there. We got them for you this time. Yeah. Um, we finally found a good website. <laughs> yeah, that should be good enough to win you a game. Yeah. It wasn't. I'd say Schwartz, sure and, yeah. wasn't. <laughs> Schwartz and Shen had pretty lousy games. Turnovers galore, some blown coverage. Schwartz had something like five giveaways and two takeaways in his last five games or something. Yeah. Not, not what you think. Yeah, not what you think from Schwizzle Schwartz, which is hard to say. <laughs> Dunn and Butler, I think, had some really great moments this game and had some really sour moments. Dunn had that great sort of pivot play on the second goal, and Butler actually had some really good gap closure, I thought, throughout the game. But neither got sticks on pucks when it counted, and both of them were out there for two goals against. So sort of hot and cold for both of them. I thought a lot of our role players actually played really well and were noticeable. Yaskin, Brodziak had good games. I actually thought Berglund... Had a pretty good game in general. Mm. Yaskin had to open that at one point, and the puck just rolled on him, so he's pretty close to a goal. Overall, like I said, a good effort, but it was very uneven, and it had many of our core players not really performing up to snuff. I'd say Tarasenko looks maybe the best out of all, maybe Steen. Stasny have a hard time judging because he's mm. just always quiet. No I, one ever has. Stasny, even, even when he has a good game, a great game, is not like, oh my God, did you see Stasny? Yeah. He's just quietly got four points mm. or something. Yeah. I even heard some people on Twitter, read some people on Twitter saying, where's Tarasenko been all night before he got his goal? And I don't think that was unfair at the time. Yeah. He didn't look bad, except there was one play. I don't know if you mentioned this specifically, cause, uh, but there was one play. Where Schwartz had the puck. Oh, like, that was to awful! The right of the goalie. Did you see that one? He, he was, was like, in real close, and he passed way he back like to Tarasenko. and tried to pass like through two defenders to pass to Tarasenko, who was like just entering the zone. Yeah. I was just like, "You can take a shot too, Jim." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my dad flipped out of that. He's like, "Why do we do this? Why do we constantly look for the other guy?" Yeah, it's but, a weird thing where it's like we don't have a great team dynamic, so people don't feel good about shooting the puck themselves or something, maybe. It is weird. It's, I think you actually bring up a good point because there was that stuff where Saboko was saying, like, oh, I don't want to be selfish or something. And I don't, I feel like I hear that a lot mm. out of this team. 
And it's kind of this weird deferring thing. And it's yeah. like, you can just own the team. You're an NHL player. Yeah. Like, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. You can be the guy. You can do it. I mean, maybe not you, Robert Bortuzzo, but the rest of you can be hey, the guy. He had like an 88 Corsi 4 percentage the other day. And his With his six, six minutes, minutes of ice. <laughs> we don't hate Robert. Uh, no. Um, Yo had a few quotes that I thought were pretty good. Uh, about the game he said i'm up here upset tonight because i felt some guys that we really need to count on tonight weren't good enough in the game that's where we need more from individuals obviously you can have a team game you can have a system and all that stuff but it's the individual play <laughs> of the players a real pretty word talker you can have that stuff hockey hockey <laughs> hockey uh what they bring to the table and then doing it together as a team and then yo shot down the notion that the blues roster just isn't talented enough he said no that's not the case that is absolutely not the case. We're not good enough in the sense that we're not winning hockey games. We got games. Robert Bortuzzo on this team. <laughs> we got Oscar friggin' Sunquist on this team. <laughs> Plenty of talent. You said it's not about talent. It's about personnel. I can tell you that much. Oh, it's not about personnel. There you go. Sorry, that would have been a very telling <laughs> quote if he said it was about personnel. It's not about talent. It is about personnel. <laughs> it's not about either of those. <laughs> I'm guessing what he means to say is it's about effort. Yes, probably. About this team being full of crappy, yeah. crap, crappers. <laughs> hockey, <laughs> well, hockey, hockey, hockey. <laughs> well, like I was telling my dad and the, these two guys that sit next to us that have been at some of our games, mm-hmm. but I don't think all the games we've gone to. So, like, I don't know how their pack works out or if they just show up at a lot of the ones we're at next to us. Maybe, yeah. Anyways, we were talking together and I was like, you know, these last two losses would be more understandable if we had not had all those other losses but we didn't show up in. These yeah. are kind of excusable if you had won other games that you had even tried to be there in. Because these, they were, I think they were good, enough, good enough-ish. You just mm. didn't get the bounces sort of thing. They could have been better for sure. But it's just adding up. It's just yeah. adding up these losses. And like you said, we're in a wild card spot now. I believe with certain teams winning tonight, we could actually be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. They have to start winning games. For good. It can't. It can't be a good effort anymore. Like we put in a good effort, we're working our way towards that. You can do that in November with your like losing streak. You can't do that in February. We're almost in March. It's just not good enough. And um, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this game. How you feel about this game? If you want to move into talking about the trade deadline, we got lots of stuff to talk about. I think you adequately summarized yeah. my thoughts on this game. Thank you. Very adequate. Um, <laughs> it was fine. Uh, I just I think my thoughts are more general, so there's no reason to be like we're still talking yeah, about yeah. this game. I don't know exactly all the stuff I'm gonna say because I'm kind of in a lot of different headspaces at the moment. He likes I to wing half it. Half a Michelob Ultra down, <laughs> so I must be crazy slacker. But um, <laughs> which is a word I just made up for drunk. <laughs> I'm sure the Brits say it somewhere. Um, Fly me. We had some questions from Twitter, so why don't we start there? Okay. That will calm me. That will send Oh, me. I was going to say, this will calm us <laughs> into this rapid anger we go yeah, towards. Probably. Uh, I've, I've considered doing a five-minute major today. i got some thoughts. All right. We're going we're gonna to go with... We're going to go to the questions. We have our, our good friend Jake Webb on Twitter. Uh, Number one fan. Gave us some possible questions to discuss, which are now probable questions, because unless we die before the recording of this podcast, we're going to discuss them. Uh, that's... That's that's not what. But oh. good, good try. <laughs> uh, do you believe we have any chance? He asks of pulling it together and going on a playoff run this year. No. Next question. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I thought we'd discuss that a little bit. So the Blues stand a 59.3% chance of making the playoffs today, according to sportsclubstats.com, which sounds made up and, like, unreputable. But <laughs> JR himself quoted them, and that's where I found it. So I'm going with it. According to JR, after the Stars lost, we had a 71% chance. <laughs> so we've dropped 12%. Not great. But I think... Jake's question probably has more to do with not making or missing the playoffs, but do we have the chance at a deep run? And I don't want to be the downer here. I sure don't see it. There's just like... Mm-mm. The 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 positive of it all is whatever that team from October, whatever mystical, magical, whatever was going on then, that, mm-hmm. it's not like anyone's left or unless it was all Magnus Payarvi. It's not like anybody's <laughs> left. He was like the one thread the that pin. sewed together the whole, uh, the whole locker room. And so the, the personnel <laughs> is still there. It's really not a personnel issue, like Mike Yo said. But I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's been put into the water. Somebody poisoned the watering hole. I don't know. But something's been wrong since December. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of game winning streak. I was I was funny because I was just thinking about you and I were joking about a while ago about how you know you talk. Some people talk about finding a way to win, and it feels like this team finds a way to lose. That was a month or two ago, and I'm kind of in my head. I'm like, how are we just saying that back then? Like mm-hmm. we should be saying that now. You know? Yeah, same thing. Um, so on the bright side, <laughs> yes, there's a bright really, side. Oh, really, on the bright side. All the players are there to at least make the second round, I think, believably. Like, as good as we were in October, if we can find that again, second round should be totally believable. Mm -hmm. And I think that team, I think the October team could make a playoff run. But I can't point you to what went wrong. I really can't. And unless there's somebody who can and can address it and fix it, I don't see it happening. And, And partially because of that... And we'll talk about this more in a few minutes. I don't see the one, like, we add Mike Hoffman and then we're set for the playoff run. Or we add Evander Kane or we add Pat Maroon, whoever. We add John Tavares. That would be a little bit of a different story. (laughs) You know, I don't see that thing where it's like, okay, but if we add a player, then we're set enough. I think if we add a player, maybe we have enough oomph to, like, not miss the playoffs, which I'm starting to worry about. But I don't know that there's then automatically a playoff run in there. I'm sorry. I've been talking for a while. Why don't you know? <laughs> no, if, as this team stands, I don't think we've got a playoff run in us, which has got, let's be honest, is easy to see. That's Yeah, we're not, like, real insightful. Yeah, this is, yeah. He this put is, any chance in capitals, so, yeah. you know, he saw it. Too. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. I... Don't think we do. We I think this team can make the playoffs. Uh-huh. I mean, they're obviously in a spot currently. I think even going just a little above 500, mm-hmm. they make the playoffs. I don't see them. I'd, I'm with you. I think maybe a second round. I think if they made the second round, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I really would. I would think that was icing on the cake for this season, which is sort of sad. And by all means, but, go deeper because yeah. the pick you're giving up for Shen doesn't hurt as much yeah i mean that's the thing about being a blues fan the other season i might be kind of like okay miss the playoffs we'll get like a 13th pick Mm -hmm. but this year i'm like no no go deeper (laughs) unless we win the lottery and then it's a first pick and it's protected and we get rasmus dolan 
I don't think any of this is going to happen. But look, a boy can dream. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my point, though, is like if I I still believe in this team enough to follow them and that maybe they do it, like we've said a couple of times in here, some random team for the Blues is going to win the Cup. It's never going to be that perfectly assembled the team. The Trophy team yeah. will never win the Cup for this franchise yeah. at this point. It's not going to be the perfect team. It's just going to be some weird team like this. So that's where my faith lies. Is like Maybe they can. They have a whole month. You can get hot in a month. That's fine. But... I don't see it happening given they have given me no um, confidence that they're going to do that. Yeah. They've given me enough confidence that they can make the playoffs. They haven't even given you the confidence of like, a, oh, we're going to say something new that indicates we really yeah. get it now. Well, you know? something to bring up is just... Like if somebody just went out there and said, you know what, we blow. Like, yeah. we really suck. Well, they're game. never going to say know? that. Yeah. Something to bring up, though, is that yesterday they were going to have a practice... And then they called it off, and they just had a big team meeting. And I saw a few people go, well, this is good. This is something new. And I'm like, I don't even care anymore, yeah. man. You could just go to Chuck E. Cheese and be like, oh, we all gave up. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're really getting it now. Because they've, <laughs> they've gone deep into their soul, and they've given up at Chuck E. Cheese yeah. or whatever. It doesn't matter. I just need to see them change on the ice. Yeah. That's all I got to see. One thing I've learned, and we'll ta- we may talk about this more in a while, and I, res- I really respect these fans, but there are some fans out there who will see who will see the sunset as like a daydream, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> everything for the blues, everything that glitters is gold. Like it's all good. Very good. And uh, I'm not that way. I would like <laughs> to be in some ways just for my emotional yeah. health, but I'm not. Uh, let's talk about Jake's second question, which was, can you discuss the potential ceiling of Vince Dunn? Any comparables to the type of player you see him becoming in the future? I've sent a couple of tweets out in different games, usually losing efforts, where I just say, Vince Dunn is bonkers good. I think he's... Br- like, I had... I was hyped for him coming into the season. We talked about him a lot last year. Um, I think there was, like, a Duncan Keith comparison. Was That's there not? who I would Which, uh, compare him to. Is, I like because it's a good, like, he's offensive, mm-hmm. but he's not, like, defensively unreliable type of guy. Um, but I was hyped on him coming into the season, and I'm, like, more excited now. Yeah. The play made uh, on the Tarasenko goal that you talked about was awesome, and I, I see him make a lot of good defensive plays. He makes mistakes now and then. He's yeah, it'll happen. He's playing with Chris Butler right now, which is not a slam on Chris C-butts. Butler. But, you know, it's not exactly like the other guys got the – talent to pick up the slack at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but I did go into Hockey's Future, which is my favorite kind of talent prospect analysis site for hockey, uh, and pull some quotes. Granted, these are a few years old because they're from towards the end of his like junior career playing days, but I think they're still pretty applicable. Uh, they said on his talent analysis, Dunn is a dynamic offensive defenseman who has steadily improved his potential play on the defensive end during his junior career. A bit thin for an ideal blue line prospect, which I think he's added a little weight, not maybe as much. As yeah, he's a little shorter, but yeah. yeah. He is fast on his skates and uses his agility to take away scoring chances and avoid risky situations. And then they added in, term, in the section where they kind of project him. 
uh, and this, again, is a couple years old. Dunn was one of the top defensemen in the Ontario Hockey League in 2015-16, bouncing back from a wrist injury in midseason to lead Niagara's defenseman in scoring. He will attend his second training camp with the Blues, looking to win a roster spot, but barring any surprises, will be beginning his pro career with the AHL Chicago Wolves in 2016-17. Dunn projects as a top four defenseman, and this is the line that I think is pretty much nails it. Dumb projects as a top four defenseman with the ability to contribute to the attack both on the transition and on the power play. So I kind of see Dunn as, I think you're getting a lot of what you got from Kevin Shattenkirk mm-hmm. from him in a different package. Um, I, I see him in a year or two as like the main quarterback for our power play probably. Mm-hmm. We've talked before. I don't think that's a good role for Petrangelo. No, um, yeah. I think it could be a good role for Pareko, but he doesn't seem to like want to step into that and really be the guy who like slams pucks on that. Um, which is disappointing. Which is. And hope I hope uh, he's still young too. I think yeah. I forget that about him, so maybe he can mature into it. But I definitely think Dunn will quarterback one of your power play units at the very least. Um and maybe your top one. They're already using him on the first one these days, so yeah. I'm assuming even next year he might be your QB yeah. on the first one full-time. I think he's got that kind of offensive potential, and I think he's he'll be more defensively reliable than Shattenkirk was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's faster, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, he is. And I don't think he necessarily has like the sky-high ceiling of just he's going to be Eric Carlson because I don't think that's reasonable, but I think he's a very good top four yeah. defenseman. Yeah, that's I, the thing. His, do you remember where he was drafted? I'm oh, at, I want to say first or sec- it was second, second round, and I want to say 55th. If, if I'm right, I don't know. I'll, I'll be. I'll amaze here. myself. 56th. Oh, <laughs> man. All right, buy me half a beer. I will. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say very much like a Duncan Keith. I don't know. I always have a hard time projecting them too high. Breaking oh, do news we? right here on the podcast. Oh, boy. I wanted this for we so long. This to happen. Michael Grabner has been traded to the New Jersey Devils for a second-round pick and prospect Igor Rykov. I know nothing about Igor Rykov. I'll look him up in a moment. But uh, Michael Grabner, the fast winger who many people were saying was a better option than Rick Nash because... Uh, cheaper. cheaper yeah <laughs> um maybe younger has been i don't know to the uh new jersey devils which is very very interesting uh igor rykov was drafted in the second round of wait excuse me hold on nope he was drafted 132nd overall in 2016 currently playing for ska st petersburg in the khl uh and has now been traded to the new York Rangers <laughs> second round pick. I think that's a great price to pay for Grabner, and I think New Jersey's a good fit for him. Yeah, I'm that's glad. a fast young team that could I, use the speed. We talked on the bonus episode about how New Jersey's in that spot where they don't want to like give up the world yeah. right now. They're not giving up a first because they're ahead of schedule, and it'd be yeah, stupid. They're too. just opening up their window right but now. Giving up a second, especially for a guy like this who maybe you keep. Um, after this season, if you like him, I think he's yeah. UFA, but you can always re-sign him. I think that's a good price for them. I mean, he had, yeah, Grabner had 27 goals last year and 13 assists for 40 points. So he's like 
turned into. He didn't start this way, but he turned into a pure goal scorer. And this year he's got 25 goals in 59 games. So that's a lot of firepower up front for a young team. And like we said, this guy's like lightning fast. This dude's crazy fast. I think one year in the... uh, the what is it the all-star game you won like the fastest skater race mm-hmm. yeah i think he's gonna look great over there i would normally kind of scratch my head at a interdivision trade but the new york rangers aren't doing anything they so they, they don't care <laughs> they're all in yeah i'm i guess i never really thought like you mentioned new jersey we thought wasn't really going to be in on anybody that yeah. it's kind of a surprise i guess yeah. i really thought this was going to be a a Nashville Winnipeg get for me. Uh-huh. Maybe that's where Nash ends up. You know Nashville end up in Nashville. Yeah. Probably. But yeah. That's it's I th- interesting. I think one of the overall fun things about this deadline is a lot of the names are different and, mm-hmm. you know, or in their swap. Not Lee Stepniak. Well not Lee Stepniak. But no, please. But, like, but or the team like I'm talking about the teams are different. Oh yeah, for sure. Or they've just swapped positions. Like I'm sure if you if I told you coming into this season that the Devils and Rangers were going to make a deadline. Oh yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have thought it was the Rangers selling to the Devils. You yeah, know? so that I think that's fun, and I maybe it's hoping against hope, but I actually get the feeling this could be a really active deadline. And God, the please. nice thing is the nice thing is that there's so many players right now. There's still a lot of players that you know are moving. I mean, you know, my team. Uh, Rick Nash Payne, for sure. Rick Nash, yeah. uh, Pat Maroon. You know these guys are getting traded, and it hasn't happened yet, which is a lot of time what kind of dooms the deadline yeah. day for excitement is like they're, they're, all the moves have happened. Yeah. So I'm hoping for one weird one. I want one weird. I'm trying to think of like some random name. I don't know. I can't Ekman, even think. Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson, yeah, too is. like too early, yeah. like Ekman Larson, like the Predators for some reason. Yeah. You're like, what? Why? Why? Tolvanen or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, so that was fun to break news on the podcast for the first time ever. Uh, I think we basically finished done. Discussion. We're done. We're done. Uh, top four pairing defensemen with huge power play upside for sure uh top two pairing top four <laughs> I, I would be quicker to trade um some with a couple more years here actually like it's i don't know if it's here like heresy to say but like an edmondson or a preco before vince done i think he's got a skill set that's a little harder to find yeah maybe I, I don't know i'm a little iffy but i think that's yeah for a while vince Dunn's name came up in trades and i know it's his rookie year so you just don't know what you have or he's not that big uh-huh. of a deal on this team yet but I think you sit on them a little while here, keep them here, and you're going to find someone even more special than what you have this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, our friend Tommy Hummel from the Rapcast. Uh, shout Number out one to fan. The Rapcast and Tommy Hummel. Uh, <laughs> you're just going to say that every every time. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, the Blues, he asked us on Twitter, the Blues and Oilers have been dance partners before. Who do you think would be a reasonable target to snatch from them? Would you offer a third-round pick or Jake Wallman, Jordan Schmaltz for Ryan Strom? Could be a good buy low. No, next question. Uh, <laughs> he's got a whole routine worked out. <laughs> uh, I like Ryan Strom as a buy low act option. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Center. He was traded for Jordan Everly last yeah. year. Wait, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what he's been doing this year. He's obviously a young... He's a Strom. Is he still like young? Infinity of those. Yeah, they've, they he's start... He's 24 from wow. Mississauga. Uh, which doesn't matter, but it's cool to say. He um, <laughs> is his stats are loading. It's a big orange <laughs> screen right now, folks. He has 
a number of stats. <laughs> um, goals, assists, points, <laughs> plus minus. Uh, he has 24, goal, 24 points. Not 24 I was like, 24 goals? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buy low, please. Nine, uh, nine goals and 15 assists in 59 games. Uh, he's a good play. He's a good young player. If yeah. you could get him for that cheap, I might be interested. And the Oilers haven't been overly great this I'm year. I'm really interested in it. I, I, they're not in sell mode. They're, they're not in like... Nah, mode. they're kind of in float, like, <laughs> float mode. I, I like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't know if he fits on this team. Uh, one thing we'll talk about in a minute is the Paul Stastny question of like, you either extend Paul Stastny or the second he leaves, that becomes your biggest problem. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be a pretty decent Stastny replacement. He has 31 points this year. Um, but the, the real thing I was going to ask is, I'm really curious whatever happens to Jesse Puyayarvi or Pool Party, as yeah. the kids call him, their third or fourth overall draft pick. Fourth. Because he was shocked when whoever went ahead of him or when Pierre Luc Dubois went third, he yeah. was, he was absolutely like stunned. yeah <laughs> stunned that he was going fourth. Uh, but Whatever. Um, in any case, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is doing very good. Doesn't seem like he's really penetrated yet uh, into the NHL, and I would love to see. Like if I, I, I do you want to get pool party? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't know because they I don't think they'd ever give him up. But I'd love to see us get like one guy who's like a really young mm-hmm. added prospect and just kind of see. Would but, you give him? Would you give him like what would you give him for pool party? See, that's the thing. It's like I'm at that point. We're probably just giving him like a Cairo or something, and then it's like. I don't know. Just a weird yeah. trade. Yeah, that's that would be too they lateral. Give, they want to give us pool party for like Bergwind and. A second. What were you gonna? <laughs> I was just gonna say a second, and I was like, "There's no way they just take a second. They have more known in pool party yeah. than they got in a second. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just a name that popped into. Yeah, mind. I don't know who I'd want off that team. Right, New Hopkins. I mean, I know who I'd want off that team. I don't know. Yeah. Who I'd want realistically? I don't think taking calls on side or David. What did you kick in the tires? <laughs> um, yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I guess would be the top of my list just because center, I think, is going to be a blot on this uh, franchise. I will say, though. Yeah? In my mind... As he Le- grabs his heart. Leon Dreisaitl is expendable to that team only in the sense that they have Connor McDavid. The same way that, like... They play them on the same line? Why? Well, it doesn't make sense. In the same way that, like, Evgeny Malkin's never been traded... But, yeah. like, if he had been, nobody would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah, you know? you're like, okay. Because they have Sidney Crosby. I mean, there's been so rumors like, before. If so. this team's so desperate for a defenseman, I would be calling and just being like, look, we got Petrangelo, we got Edmondson, we got Pareko. Who do you like? And just have the conversation. Yeah, just go, hey. I'm do it. I'm just saying have the Pareko conversation. for Dreisaitl? I'd do that. Yeah, on a heartbeat. Cocaine heartbeat. <laughs> 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 um, but we um, love cocaine. We do like cocaine. Next uh, question. <laughs> we asked on Twitter, kind of a reverse Q and A. Uh, we asked earlier on Twitter uh, what people thought about uh, a statement. I'm trying to load it as we speak, but the statement was basically assuming that the Blues don't do anything else today uh, or before the deadline. Um, if Armstrong isn't going to add at the deadline, 
Uh, should he get what? Should he see what he can get for Paul Stastny? Basically, was the question. And we had some interesting responses. Our friend Wesley Southerd, uh, number one fan. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it. Uh, commented, and I, I basically agree with the tone of this. I truly believe he won't do it, and uh, we will resign twenty six for a reasonable amount. Do I want that? Meh. But do. I, but who do we have as an immediate center depth that can play and produce 50-plus points right now? I see him at two to three years tops, about 4.5 to 5 million, or maybe I'm wrong. We shall see. Um, that's kind of my feeling. Yeah. What's uh, your max deal? Let's, okay, let go, me, we'll let get me to that. get to the rest of these. I'm just, I just want to know. Now, I think, three, I think three for 15 is kind of my max. Maybe four for 16. I okay. see those as like kind of... competingly Mm -hmm. max deals um camp said uh he goes under the radar problem is people think he's a 25 point center our friend blues fan in kansas uh, said you could oh we didn't get one there you number two fan probably number one fan i don't know sorry sorry friend uh (laughs) sorry number one friend we get like a keith kachuk situation trade him to a team that gives him a chance to win the cup then resign him in the offseason which would be cool our aforementioned friend and number one fan tommy hummel said yeah but you'd need either a first or a second and a solid prospect uh, and finally, Bob Rakowski said, I'm way too emotional to be a GM. That said, I'd see what I could get for any forward not named Schwartz, Shin, or Tarasenko, and who's over, say, age 23. Uh, I kind of am just generally in favor of all those responses because they we were... We love I ex- all of them. I expected, I expected there to be, and maybe it's just the, the followers we've personally accumulated, but I expected there to be some of the folks who were like, no, you can't Anger. sell. You know, <laughs> like, you can't, this team's... In the playoff hunt, sort of thing. We didn't get any of that. Um, if you, I'm glad yeah. that there's a realism. Sorry, I don't mean to no, go ahead. No, I'm, just, I'm glad that there's a realism out there that says this team's not right currently. So if we don't add pieces, like I, I'm okay with people who think, well, if we add pieces, we're fine. I don't necessarily agree, but I get that mindset, mm-hmm. you know. But it, I'm glad that most people out there are like, well, if we don't add pieces. We're not fine, so let's go ahead and see what yeah. we can get, you know. Uh, but sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, something real dumb. I already thought, I've already thought it back. I don't want to say okay. it, but I will say it <laughs> so you know how dumb it is. I was going to say, if we lose these next two games, tomorrow's game against the Jets, and then Sunday's 11 a.m. game in Nashville, a, Woo! Cent- a, a, <laughs> a central team, um, we, I was going to say, why not see if people, what do you get for Paul Stasny? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm slightly hopeful enough that uh, those two losses mean a lot as far as like playoff standings. We can still make it in, but it says a lot about playoff performance yeah. against two likely opponents. I guess I might hang on to him if you know he was going to stick around uh-huh. and you know you're going to try and go hard for Tavares, but not like hard mm-hmm. for Tavares. So you're like, okay. I don't need the picks. We need Paul Stasny. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they re-sign him just because I don't see this team doing anything crazy center-wise. So let's say you keep him and you keep and you get John Tavares. Dope. (laughs) Do you play all three of those guys plus those two plus Shin as centers? Uh, or do you move Shen might, back to a wing? I might look at moving Shen back to a wing. Okay. Can you? Okay, look. Can you imagine? Stacked. 
to the max. Can like, you imagine Paul a Schwartz, Tavares, and Shen? Oh, I was thinking, think of Schwartz, Tavares. Uh, oh, I was going to say Shen. Oh, yeah, Just those okay. three seem like hardworking yeah, white North Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I said white, a very strong W. Uh, uh, I meant more like North Americans, white. not not some crazy Europeans. Um, but yeah, or Tarasenko. I mean, just yeah, basically put John Tavares between any of our two wingers, and wow, it looks real good. Um, that'd be amazing. It's crazy how that works, huh? I do think I just simmed a season of NHL yeah. eighteen, the EA Sports game, where he stayed in in oh, uh, God. New York for like a six year for eight point six five per year deal. Which we would call a hometown discount. Yeah, I'm not from the island, but here we are. <laughs> um, I think we actually do make a really hard run at them this summer. I think, I think you do. hear a lot of East Coast rumblings like Toronto and even the Habs, which of course they would. They do try and do something real dumb like trade Carey Price for him, even though he's a UFA. Yeah. Um, trade Carey Price to them for his negotiation. Right. Like two and then he doesn't. Before. And then he's like, no, thank you. <laughs> Mark Bergeron goes, oh, we tried. Oh, we, we, we. But I think we're a dark, I think maybe for the media, a dark horse for Tavares. But again, I think that might be our only center plan that I know of. Even saying that makes me insane. I know. So I think that, Paul Stasny that's stays. The thing, that's the thing I did want to reiterate before we moved on from the Stasny discussion to two more topics we're going to talk about. Um, plus tweet of the week. We've got... It's just still two or three hours. I want to talk about Eric Carlson. Three more topics plus tweet of the week. Um, as I said, we have no idea where we're going after Mm-mm. the after the game discussion. Uh, no, but, but my final point on Stastny is, yeah, either keep him or that's your number one yeah. problem. And we've talked about it before, but like you can say what you will about Paul Stastny. I had a friend the other day who I was debating vehemently who just hated him, and I was like, look, that's not real. That's not true. He's not bad. He's very good. He's underperforming a seven million dollar contract because he signed it as a free agent, and free agents always do that. Yeah. Um. So say what you will about Paul Stastny, but the reality is, we were starved for centers before Braden Shin somehow became a first line center, which he's still really not. Yeah. But he's playing really well there. Well, we'll enough that it's fine. More in a minute. Yeah. But um, we can't go back. We can't, like, we've been starved for center pretty much the whole time I've been a Blues fan. That's been our big need was more talented centers. It's been forever, and yeah. And Stastny was the solution to that. And, again, bad contract, sure. Necessary contract, absolutely. Underperformed the contract, sure underperformed it badly enough that we can't have him we that we can afford to not have him come back and not replace him no because then <laughs> folks we're talking about patrick Berglund as your second line yeah. center do you want that because i know you don't you barely so, want him on the team <laughs> let's be a little nicer to paul stastny shall we uh, you want to talk about Eric Carlson? I was say, is this is fit better? Okay. Well, my thought. There are no rules. Okay. No transition. Eric Carlson. <laughs> um, this is more along the lines of just what Ottawa. I think Ottawa. We saw the Grabner trade. We think Nash is probably going to go. If that's it for the Rangers, that's 
I can see that. Just two players. They'll figure out the rest of them this summer. Disappointing, though, given the letter. Oh, no. Yeah, given that people given are leaving. Phone in it yeah. Um, but I think Ottawa is going to be the team that you see the most. They're going to get the most calls, the most names dropped around them. I think Mike. Because I yeah. think it's going to be the Anaheim Ducks. Ducks. <laughs> Those quiet, quiet Anaheim Ducks. Um, Ottawa, they've got, I think, both. Broussard and Hoffman will move. That's a little iffy because I know they're saying that that's, that's a real big change for them, but I think both of them end up moving. But here's the thing, the Carlson thing. Mm-hmm. They say he's 50-50 on moving to the deadline, which is huge. 50-50, a coin flip on a franchise yeah. player moving off your team. I just want to reiterate because you yeah. mentioned it earlier where somebody was like, tell me something I didn't know. That's not what that means. Yeah, It's not the same way that like anybody could or could not be moved before the deadline. That's saying, like you said, it's a literal coin flip yeah. about what whether a Norris Trophy, two-time Norris Trophy? At least once. Winning defenseman. And the current, like he's the reigning one, yeah, right, is off your team. Just yeah, <laughs> just that's starting the team out. over for sure. Yeah, my thing is, I think Hoffman's moving, Ambrosard, maybe a Zach Smith, who I've never heard of until now, I but I guess he's an okay player. Um, and I think uh, there was a few. There was at least another defenseman I think in there they were thinking about moving. Anyways, great <laughs> the goalie. Um, he's not been good, but. But if these players get moved, uh-huh. you know, Go on. <laughs> you know, maybe not the deadline, but you know, the summer they're moving Carlson because so not defending yeah. at all. 2015 was the last time he won it, but he also won it in 2012. Oh, okay. And he also won the Viking award in 2012, 16 and 17. What the hell does that mean? We'll find out. You keep okay. right now. I would say if you move Broussard and you move Hoffman, you know, Carlson is gone. There's no way that guy says, oh, no, no, no I'll sign with you guys. I believe in this franchise because best, best Swedish hockey player in North America. Uh, go on. Because uh, they're rebuilding at that point. That'd be like if we traded Tarasenko and we traded Schwartz and we traded like Shen and then Petrangelo's contracts up and we're like, Hey buddy, do you want to stick around? We're rebuilding. You can be the face of the <laughs> franchise. No, he's gone. He's yeah. just gone. So as far as I'm concerned, Eric Carlson's, he might get moved to the deadline, but he's for sure gone this summer. He is not sticking around in Ottawa. And they can't afford to. They can't keep that guy and they're, pretend yeah. they're going to resign him. Well, they're an internal cap team. They never spend rebuild, the cap. Which is stupid because I'm sure they make it. Well, although they're in that weird city. They're, Are they going to leave Ottawa eventually? <laughs> there's rumors that they might. How long have they been there? 92? Also, I, I want to say 92. Won a Viking Award. You didn't expect to hear that on this podcast, but you did. You're learning uh, stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, t- 30 years almost now. Wow, you're 25, right. 25. We talked about 30, old, yeah. Right? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I. they might move. I know they want to get a new... Do they want to get a new stadium? I think they want to get a new stadium. Yeah. Doesn't every team, really? Yeah. It feels like it. So, anyways, my, po- my whole point was just that I don't think Eric Carlson's long for the... Uh, Ottawa Senators, I think he's going to be a San Jose Shark. You heard it here first. I, I already called my shot and said Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Oh, yours is like real, though. <laughs> Mine's like just a name I grabbed. Uh, we, was it Friedman who mentioned the one like shocker trade? Yeah, he said he thinks he put his money on at least one big groundbreaking shocker trade at the deadline i almost hope isn't carlson because then it's like that's shocking but like you knew about it of it you know i want it to be like friggin uh i don't know 
Tyler Sagan to the friggin' <laughs> Calgary Flames for Mikhail Grandlander back under whichever one. I'm like already underwhelmed by this trade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just want. To I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so do you have more to add on? No, Carlson? that's it. It'll be very interesting to see where he lands either this. And I think you're exactly right. He's got to go somewhere. EK is Geo. Um, each, uh, EK is Geo. I like it. it and E. Really yeah, I don't very, know. Not very, very intelligent. Um, <laughs> oh, you're selling yourself short. Oh, thanks. <laughs> See, we're a wholesome podcast. <laughs> uh, moving on to two final <laughs> topics. Maybe just one. We'll figure out what my mood is. Uh I'm not in like an angry enough mood for a five minute major, but I may go down the road anyway. And Let's get you there. <laughs> um, the question is this, and I think we we we've ended lately on like a big question, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of where we'll end today. Is this what is what's happening to the Blues unexpected, or is it what we should have expected and maybe even did expect? until October happened. So, to, to rewind the clock a little bit, you and I are in the same studio apartment in... Siberia. Whatever the capital of Nigeria. Oh, you're was. right, you're right. Forgot. Nope, you're right, we're there. Um, we're here. <laughs> Adjuha, I mean, here. Um, we're recording our Central Division podcast, and there's a real point where I'm looking at the teams that are in this division. I'm looking at who we are, our injuries the mm-hmm. situation going into the season. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe this team doesn't make the playoffs, which I'm not saying is happening even now. But I'm just thinking to myself, I don't think I can make this team second in the Central just because they're the Blues. Yeah. And then I like waffled and I, I guilted myself into saying they'd be third, which is still a possible outcome. But not that I'm the end-all, be-all of hockey analysis, but... Uh, Doug Armstrong even said something to the effect of this isn't our year basically coming into the year. Yeah, you know? so this is a transition year. Um, which I swear he said last year. But, he did, but uh, we'll just run over that one. So the, so the question is, and we don't have to dwell on it especially long, but overall, do you think what's happening right now, maybe not the way it's happening, but the general flow of the outcomes is really a surprise or is it more in line with what we should have expected and we were thrown off by this incredible October hot, Mm -hmm. hot, hot start to the season that the Blues had? I definitely think that October threw a wrench in our expectations. I I alone thought, and we can talk about it maybe a little bit after this, I alone thought that Braden Shen was going to be a good player, you know, be- better than Yuri Letera. That's all I was hoping for at this point. And then he turned into a great player, probably like MVP of the year as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Definitely, yeah. um, so that kind of took off. But even when we've been underperforming, I don't even, I guess that's the whole point. We might not have been underperforming. We might be performing how we should be currently with mm. the makeup of this team. I don't think I expected it to be as dire or as in a row as far as losses went. I thought yeah. maybe we'd be more 50-50, like win two, lose two, win two, lose two, you know, win five, lose five, that sort of thing. But it seems at least lately, I mean, obviously we're on a four-game losing streak, but it seems like it's been a lot more losses and, like we said, a lot more losses in different ways mm-hmm. and a lot more kind of lazy losses. Yeah. I We have talent here. I'm going to disagree with Mike Yo. We do have the talent here, but I don't think it's enough talent. Yeah. And so I thought maybe that was going to be the problem. Like, well, we'll compete, but it's not going to be enough talent. 
I still don't think it's enough talent, but we're also not competing, <laughs> which is not, which honestly was not something I saw. I mean, it's hard for you to predict that before the season starts, but I really didn't think that was going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think there was going to be this sort of talk of like locker room dissent or locker yeah. room issues. Which we haven't dwelt on a lot. Yeah. Either. You've heard it. You've read it. You've read it. Yeah. JR, Jeremy Rutherford did a big report yeah. in The Athletic about it and... Yeah, so I think I think you're right, and you might agree that yeah, October kind of set our expectations a little higher than they should have been. But I didn't think we were gonna be bad like this yeah. in this manner. Mm-hmm. I guess I, if you would have told me, because I think I placed the Blues at third or finishing third in the Central to be more realistic, I think I would probably would have put them as a wild card team. I don't think I would have put them missing the playoffs though. Yeah. So I think if they miss the playoffs, that's that shouldn't have been expected. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, I would just say too. I think if we took some of the win losses now and put them in October, and took some of those wins and put them now, it yeah. would feel like a very different season. Oh, I agree. Just hundred percent overall flow. Um, which just leaves us with a parting thought. I and I I will I will discuss what my five-minute major would have been about. I don't think I had the rage to really get into <laughs> it, but um, what exactly was I about to say? I think we you mentioned the, the four losses, two more games before the deadline. Mm-hmm. I want this team to be responsible at the deadline. If adding Mike Hoffman is irresponsible right now, don't do it. I, and I'm not, like, wild about Mike Hoffman anyway. I think he's a good player. But I just I want this team to not mortgage its future in any way for this season, you know, mm-hmm. even in, like, an additional pick they lose in the next two seasons. I would rather they sell Stasny, talk to him. Can, like, can and I don't know how front offices work, but can you can you have an honest conversation with a guy like Paul Stastny and be like, look, Paul, we love you. You and I both know this team's not going deep this year. Would you like to be traded to a contender? We mm-hmm. could get some value for you, and then let's talk in this summer. Like, is that a conversation you can have? I assume you can, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I would just like us to be reasonable about what our team is. And that brings me to what I would have ranted more angrily about, but we'll now rant just kind of marginally about, <laughs> uh, which is there's just this general... We, we mentioned earlier the sunshine people on the internet, and you've, you've had a five-minute major before, I think, about the guys who like blame the fans yeah. and kind of be like, I'm the super fan who really knows what's best. Yeah, yeah. There is a, a tendency, and I, I, I don't think most of our followers are this way. I don't think any of ours are. And the ones we interact with the most, we love all you guys. And this seriously is not aimed at any of you. This and is I for think, the randoms. I think a lot of you have similar mindsets to us. But there is this weird tendency to see the blues through exclusively sapphire Sapphire's blue, right? Yeah. Colored glasses. (laughs) Um, And for some people, not all people who see it that way, but for some people to really look with derision and like aggressively beat down those who don't, 
And it's very strange. To me. <laughs> and I've ha- I I hate this in all sports. I hate it more than anything because I'm a, I. You you all who listen to this may have caught on. I can be a bit of a pessimist as it comes to sports. I consider myself a realist, but I can I can get how it yeah. would be read as pessimism. What I don't like is the idea that my pessimism means I'm a fair weather fan. Because mm. to me, that's the opposite of what a fair weather fan is. Yeah. A fair weather fan is the guy who sees a little bit of bad weather. And stops talking about the team. Yeah. I'm the guy who obsesses about the team so much that when I think they need a total locker room shakeup, I talk about it ad nauseum, <laughs> you know? Um, and I just, it's so, it's so strange to me, and you can give your thoughts too if you want to, but like this instinct that like if I admit, it's, it's weird on both sides. It's like, for one thing, if I say, you know, Paul Stassen is not that bad a player, there's going to be some people that are like, you're an idiot. You're a fool. Mm-hmm. But then, like, we saw this thing on Twitter. I don't remember the names. I'm not even trying to avoid it. But we saw this thing where somebody was like, somebody asked me if you'd give up Pareko for Carlson right now. And you and I are both like, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, a thousand times over. And not even an anti-Colton Pareko thing, but just yeah. like a, a thousand percent yes. And there were some people who were like violently against that. And I'm just like, how do you see the Blues so, um, right now particularly, yeah. how do you see them so positively that you're like, I can't give up Colton Pareko for maybe the best defenseman in hockey. Yeah. Or the, at least the best offensive defenseman in hockey, you know? I just, I don't know. I don't get that mindset. And I especially don't get and loathe the idea that because I say occasionally negative things about the Blues, I'm not a true fan. Like, to me, that's what makes me a true fan, yeah. is that I think that. And I'm still recording a podcast, which we put a lot of work into this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm, I'm just, like, flying by the seat of my pants here, although this episode may be not the best <laughs> to judge that by. But I just wanted to... I didn't get as angry as I might have a couple of days ago. And it's really not like, it's really not like there's one person out there I'm thinking of that I'm like this mm-hmm. mf you know? <laughs> but just like the general mindset. And I've seen it on forums, not even directed at us too. Yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, well you're fair weather. If you don't think they need to go out and give up a first round pick that they don't even have for Evander Kane right this second, you're a fair weather <laughs> fan. It's like, I, I just don't get that. So. Yeah. Take it away if you have anything to add. Elsewise, we'll talk about the tweet of the week. <laughs> I would say, just to kind of your last point, it's been more like people that say they've been waiting for this team to do to win forever, mm-hmm. or we've had prospects forever, and they just want us to win. So they'll be like, I'll see a few people go, oh, well, you know, I'll say to them, like, hey, I don't think we should be giving up futures for a you know a max patch ready or something because I don't think we have it in us team wise even if we had the acquisition they'll go I'm tired of waiting we've always had prospects we need to make moves now and I go no if we had these prospects and it was the 2015 16 team that was way better or something yeah go for it because this could be your window but mm-hmm. I think it's silly to uh, and we did that with. Ryan Miller and with James. Yeah, Anderson exactly. At the time and we weren't complaining. We were desperate to get Ryan yeah. Miller. 
I've we seen were people as excited yeah. as anybody. I've seen people say that you're not really thinking as I saw someone say you're not thinking as a blues fan who's suffered for like fifty years if you think that we should just hold on for prospects that might, you know, that hopefully pan out later because they might not. And I'm like, yeah, they might not. But also I think it's short sighted to not look at who they are and what's being said about them and where this team sits to be more to your point, realistic. Yeah. Just be realistic with yeah. me. Cause I don't. I think you're teetering on fantasy when you say, "Oh, we get Mike Hoffman. We're a whole different yeah. team." But like, ah, we're a Blues team with Mike Hoffman on it. Uh huh. And I think that that's also like the flip side of realism too is like situational awareness, where it's like, and I, we saw some tweet this week again where it was like, "There's no clear cut favorites in hockey right now," and I'm just like, "What are you talking about?" Like. A bigger, an even bigger part, or mm-hmm. like another part of why I'm not in buy now mode is like the Predators are so good, and the Jets are almost as good as them, and the Lightning are insanely good, yeah, and the Knights are even like good for some reason, <laughs> and the Penguins are always there. It's like there's so many teams mm-hmm. that are just so far ahead of us right now. It's not about hanging with Dallas and Minnesota. You know, we can't catch up to the Predators with any move we make other than maybe mm. trade for John Tavares and probably not then, you know, mm. so I don't know. I think, yeah, it's just about being realistic. Yeah, and I th- and I have one last point on the prospects. We've always had prospects. Granted, I wasn't as aware during the birth. Yeah, that's true. We might not era. know. But, like, th- no time during my fandom, which started with the rise of those guys, basically, where mm-hmm. I'm... I've always been a passive fan of the Blues, but that's when I got like really intensely into it. No time has there been any prospect as highly thought of as Robert Thomas, for example. You can't just be like, oh, we've had prospects. Well, aside from Tarasenko and those guys. But yeah, yeah, obviously. Sorry, I should. Yeah, but that worked out pretty well. No, yeah, exactly. That's the whole Um, point. And this guy's a center at that, Yeah, which is we just talked about. It's huge. Robert Thomas is the only chance... We've ever had during my entire time as a Blues fan to develop mm-hmm. a number one center, which is the only way you get those guys because you can't trade yeah, for no them. One's and good. when you go out there and sign them as free agents, that doesn't work out either. You know, <laughs> so like, it's 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 a couple of aspects where it's like, yeah, we've always had prospects. I understand you don't want to be patient, but this isn't the team, like you said, to go all out. And these aren't the prospects either. Mm-hmm. Because the Robert Thomas is the kind of guy you trade to get Max Pacioretty right now. And then 20 years from now, there are articles on BuzzFeed about how Max Pacioretty never scored more than 18 goals <laughs> in his career. And Robert Thomas is a three-time Selkie winning... You know, like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, that's overhyping Robert Thomas, obviously, because he is just a prospect, but like that has that potential Mm. and I'm dead set against that for this (laughs) team. Do you have anything else to add? No, I'm with you. I'm sorry. That did get a little more random. See, there we go. We got you there. We We got got you. Uh, tweet of the week, Stevie quick at second best quick, our friend on Twitter, which is a great Twitter Mm -hmm. handle, by the way, second best quick. I love it a lot. Uh, He tweeted, (laughs) we might not get heart, intensity, leadership, or desperation on the ice, but we do get hilariously zany party picks from Casino Night, uh, which the boys celebrated last night. It's their fundraiser with the um, season ticket holders, and 
it was like a 60s theme this year. Or something, yeah. And it's always, he's exactly right. So <laughs> I enjoyed the fun dualism there. And he gets Tweet of the Week. And there you go. I don't see any new trade requests or trade news. Jim Thomas is just now reporting the Grabner trade. Good so job, Jim. I'm not too worried about other big trade news. So we can close it out. Uh, unless you have anything to add. Are we going to do, I mean, we haven't even decided, so I don't know. Are we going to do a trade deadline oh, day? we're for sure going to do Bonus? As long All as right. it's not like that's nothing happens. Unless, yeah, yeah, Grabner was the last trade. <laughs> exactly. I, I would say yes. Let's okay. So we'll, we'll have that in the future for you all to look forward to. And until then, or we talk next week, I guess good night or whatever. Sign- good morning from Nigeria, which is where we are. <laughs> Sayonara.